Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I want to say welcome to all of our Bethany family. Y'all aren't guests, y'all are just family. Uh, this is a big week for us. We launch next Sunday kind of an unwrapping, and so I encourage you to be in prayer, Northwest family. I encourage you to be in much prayer. We sent out a, uh, a mass mailer to every home in Bethany. Uh, it's called Homework. It's the new series we're going to start next week. I know that some of them have gotten it, not all of them. We sent out 9,000 to 9,000 homes in Bethany. I know that, uh, and then another 6,000 around here, by the way, so it, we've saturated it pretty good. I know that somebody got it because this guy called me in this foreign accent yesterday, and I couldn't figure out where he was going. I said, Passion, this is Steve. And he said, uh, we can do your CAD work. And I went, excuse me? And he said, no, we can do all your CAD work for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he knew I was stumbling. I couldn't figure out. He, he said, I got your car where you, or your card where you need homework, and we can do all your computer drawings and planning for you. And I was like, dude, this is a church, man. This is, that's my sermon series coming up. He said, this isn't a construction company? No, this is a church. And he said, oh, well, I play the violin and I know 200 religious songs. I could come to your church and play my 200 religious songs. And I said, all right, maybe. we got to hear you first. Uh, <clears throat> I get a little nervous when, you know. But anyway, well, let me uh, just speak to you out of my heart today about where we are. We are right, uh, if, you, if you haven't. Let me say it this way. Woody uh, went to a conference, sent a couple guys, Danny and Woody, to a conference this past week, and uh, he sent me the notes. And what, this is kind of stuck with me. One of the guys talked about how often we miss what God is doing because we get caught up in the microscope view. We only see our lives and what's happening right here, right now, and we miss the fact that there's a telescope view. And when we back off and see what God is doing, it, it helps us to get perspective. And this morning, we are living, uh, whether you realize it or not, we're living out our dream. Uh, some of you didn't even know this uh, when you started coming to this church because we didn't talk about it much because we were just trying to get the thing done. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we've, it's been in our heart all along to be multi-site. In fact, Woody and I went last year and drove through Piedmont for about an hour uh, looking for a piece of property that we might be able to start a church one of these days. But... Uh, we just praying about it, praying about it, praying about it. Didn't work. We even when we first started, we even uh, we what were we, a year old, and we were even talking about one in Kingfisher, and we tried that didn't pan out. And so I mean, just it's been in our heart, and so we finally get to live that out, and that's where we are today. Dreams are important. I don't normally start a message with a quote, but I want to read to you a quote from Oswald Chambers that I think is appropriate for today. It says this: It is easier to serve God without a vision. It's easier to work for God without a call because then you're not bothered by what God requires. That was good, by the way. <laughs> Amen. You're dismissed right there, okay? Uh, common sense is your guide veneered over with Christian sentiment. You will be more prosperous and successful, more leisure-hearted if you never realize the call of God. But if once you receive a commission from Jesus Christ, the memory of what God wants will always come like a goad. You will, no longer to be, you will no longer be able to work for him on the common sense basis. So what God is, or what he was basically saying to us and what God has been saying to me is this, is that you have to have a dream. 
Uh, now, what I'm talking about is, is the fact that a God dream will keep you awake at night. That sounds like an oxymoron or, a, uh, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But that is a reality. If you ever get a God dream, it will bother you to the point that you got to do something about it, right? So uh, dreamless people are worthless. I hate to say it that way. I started to change that because that sounds harsh, but that's just the truth. It's just a fact. People that do not have a dream are worthless because they won't work. They won't strive. They won't become better. They won't do anything. They just sit around and try to pull the people with a dream down. See, I'm already preaching right now. Just an introduction. That's the way it works. Dreamless people are normal people. They're just people that are just trying to make it. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through. Dreamless people are mediocre people. Dreamless people accomplish nothing, and they complain about those of us who do. Yeah. See, books have been written about dreams. Movies have been produced about dreams. One of the most famous speeches of all times was about a dream. Extensive studies have been done about dreams. Dreams are written about. Dreams are documented. Dreams are studied and talked about. But very few of us have a dream. That's what I've discovered. We're just going through life, and we really don't have a dream. Now, I'm not talking about late-night pizza-induced dreams, all right? I'm not talking about those dreams that are filled with that, that shadowy imagery that, that scares you to death. I'm not talking about the kaleidoscope of colors. I'm not talking about the dreams where you feel like you're falling. I'm not talking about the dreams where you wake up in the arms of a, of a romance novel heartthrob. Those are not the kind of dreams I'm talking about. I'm talking about God dreams. I'm talking about the fact that God has the ability to speak into our life and to allow us to dream. Dreams are an important factor in your life individually and in the life of this church corporately. Dreams are an important element in our life, and we have to have dreams. If there was ever a day to talk about God dreams, it's today. We are experiencing the fruition of a God dream, two campuses worshiping together. Perhaps one of the most biblical accounts, uh, common biblical accounts of a dream, you're going to know it when I reference it, but stay with me this morning, is found in Genesis chapter 37. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, while you're turning there, or it'll be up on the screen, I'm getting it easy today. Last week I preached six times, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, one of these days we'll be there too, I promise, and I'll have no hair. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Some of you said it better hurry up and come on because <clears throat> Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Bible says this, real important. Listen to this phrase. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Verse 17. So Joseph took off and tracked his brothers down and he found them in Dothan. And they spotted him off in the distance. And by the time he got to them, they cooked up a plot to kill him. And the brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. I wish they'd say that about us. Here comes those dreamers. I, I wish somebody would understand when they run into one of you and they see your bumper sticker on your car that says Passion Church or they see your T-shirt or they see your license plate. I wish somebody would say, here come those dreamers. There come those people that have a God vision, a God dream. That's my prayer and our hope. Here comes that dreamer. Verse 20, let's kill him and throw him into one of these old cisterns. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up, and we'll see what his, his dreams amount to. Genesis chapter 45, verse 17, Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers this is the plan. Load up your pack animals, go to Canaan, get your father and your families, and bring them back here, and I'll settle you on the best land in Egypt, and you'll live off the fat of the land. 
Also tell them this. Here's what I want you to do. Take wagons from Egypt to carry your little ones and your wives and load up your fathers and co- your father and come back. Don't worry about having to leave things behind. The best in all of Egypt will be yours. And they did just that. The sons of Israel, Joseph gave them the wagons that Pharaoh had promised and food for the trip. He outfitted all the brothers in brand new clothes, but he gave Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and several suits of clothes. He sent his father these gifts, 10 donkeys loaded with Egypt's best products and another 10 donkeys loaded with grain and bread, provisions for his father's journey back. It was the fruition of a dream. There are some things that are essential that you need to know as an, as an individual, and there are some things that are essential for you to know corporately about our God dream today. The first thing I want to say to you is this. You need a dream. I didn't get no help, but that's all right. It's still the truth. You need a dream. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5, very emphatically, Joseph had a dream. My question to you today is this, very clearly. Do you have a dream? If you don't have a dream, you don't live. You exist, but you don't live. You're just surviving from paycheck to paycheck, from one weekend to the next weekend. You have got to have a dream. If you are going to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish, if you are going to make a difference in this world, if you are going to impact your neighbors, if you are going to lead your family correctly, you have got to have a dream. You need A dream, it is emphatic, it is imperative that you have got to have a dream. If your life is is confined to only what you can accomplish without God's help, then you're not dreaming. If you can do everything you're doing now and you don't have to rely on God a bit, you are not dreaming. If the size of your vision hasn't intimidated you, then there's a really good chance that it has probably insulted God. Now, y'all didn't get that. If you're not living in such a way that you are intimidated by the size of your dream, then the reality for you is that God is probably insulted by your lack of vision. See, if you can do it without God, then it's not, it's not a dream. Well, I just want, I want to be the greatest whatever. And you can do that without God's help? That's not a dream. See, y'all ain't helping me none. The reality is this, this, this morning is this. We cannot become everything that God wants us to become as a church on our own. That's why I know it's a dream. I know that there are mornings that I wake up like this morning when I was extremely intimidated by what God has called us to do. And I recognize that I must be dreaming a dream. And I am anticipating that God will interact in that dream. And God will get involved in that dream. Because if it's so small that I can do it on my own, guess who will take the credit? I would. I would. See, I was just in Tennessee last week and kind of expanded my dream quotient. I I, uh, went to this church. It's in a little town about the size of, I would guess, Piedmont or Anadarko or Apache. I mean, it's tiny. I mean, they import sticks. It's so far into the sticks. I mean, it's, y'all, no, I'm serious now. There's no way, there's no way I can, you'll think I'm joking, but it's, the town is called Waverly, Tennessee. All right, y'all don't know where that is. Uh, where's Dennis Lowry? Dennis does. I went and preached a uh, little bitty town, nothing there, literally nothing there. And this guy took over this little church that had 30 people, and now they're running 600. 
and started planting churches all around him in small towns. And between the four campuses that I got to go to, they're running 1,600. And I'm sitting here in Oklahoma City going, my dream's too small. They, they had nobody to pull from, no, no, nothing. And people are flocking to them and lives are being changed. And what I said when I left there is if the God can do it there, what can he do here? we got to have the right size dream. And so we've got to come to this place where we are willing to, to in, be intimidated and even to the place where we got God, say, say to God, God, I don't want to insult you. Help me to dream bigger. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I need to dream bigger. See, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, uh, Joel chapter 2 makes a promise to us that we need to grasp again. We need to go back and grab Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 makes a promise to us. It says in the last days. How many of you know we're living in the last days? Uh, Just turn on your news. You'll figure it out. We're living in the last days. He says that the old men will begin to dream dreams again and that the young men will begin to have visions and dreams. And that doesn't leave the women out, by the way. It's, It's gender inclusive there. He's just saying that when we come to the end of time and the end of the days, we got to have some dreams again. Some of us have laid our dreams down. Some of us have refused to dream. I am saying to you, you need a dream. Got to have it. Got to have it. The second thing that you need to understand is this. Dreams need you. A God dream comes from God, but it is directly linked to your willingness to make it happen. See, if you don't have the audacity and the courage to act, then you don't have a God dream. See, I ask you if I had a, if you had a dream. I know I've got a dream, but I also need to ask you this question. Have you made anyone else's dream come to pass? Have you caused anybody else's dream to come to pass? There's a principle that we recognize out of Scripture, and that is this. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. That's what happened in Joseph's case. The fruition of Joseph's dream was directly linked to his willingness to help other people see their dreams come true. You've got to go back and do the back homework and discover that Joseph was in prison And a cupbearer came along and said, I have a dream. And he interpreted the dream, and he gets promoted back to cupbearer. You need to go back and read about the baker that Joseph interpreted his dream, and and it caused him to be promoted back into his status as as bread taster or baker. And, and, And so as Joseph made somebody else's dream come true, guess what happened? His dream came true. The fulfillment of your dream may very well be found in the fact that God has called you to help someone else bring their dream to pass. When we are able to grasp that our destiny and our purpose is not all about us, then we will understand that dreams need us. You are sitting next to people right now who have dreams that need you. You may even hold the key. Come on, I'm going to help some college guys out right now. I want you to turn to your neighbor. You've been wanting to do this for months anyway since you got back to school. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I may be the answer to your dream. Come on, tell them. You've been wanting to say that all along. (laughs) Couples all over the place. I don't understand. See, some of you feel like God is fighting your dream. Have you ever felt like God's fighting your dream? Anybody? Okay, four of us have felt like God has fought our dream. Five, six. Okay, some of you are finally getting honest in here. 
There are moments that we feel like God is fighting against our dream. I just have come to the conclusion that the, that, that the truth for us may be God may be fighting our dream until we recognize that we're called to make somebody else's dream come true. And when we step out of our own selfish circles and we help them and get their dream to come to pass, I'll help you become a better person. I'll help you become a better artist. I'll help you become a better student. I'll help you become a better athlete. At that moment, God says, I will quit resisting this them and I'll help their dream to come pass. Dreams need you. Perhaps if your dream became about helping others, God would release your dream at the same time. Think what would have happened if Joseph, think about what would have been lost if Joseph had been so caught up in his own dream that he'd failed to make others' dreams come true. Think about that a moment. I stopped and thought about that. Do you recognize that if he hadn't helped somebody else's dream come true, his entire family would have starved to death? Do you recognize that if he hadn't helped somebody else's dream come to pass, that the entire nation of Egypt would have suffered hundreds of thousands, if not millions of deaths because of a famine that struck the land? But because Joseph was faithful and wasn't so selfish and so self-centered that he can only look at his own dream and he recognized that he was caused, called to help somebody else's dream, God used him to save all their lives and to bring his dream to pass. Some of you have been working so hard on your own dream that you find yourself struggling and frustrated. And I am asking you to refocus your attention on somebody else's dream and see what God does for you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I played basketball. I know you can tell. <clears throat> I was the center. I was the starting center. Now I'm playing. I was a point guard. And if, you know, I wanted to be like the scoring champion, there's only one problem. I can't shoot, right? But I recognized that I could help the team and help others achieve everything. Listen, the only reason Michael Jordan was as good as he was is because of Scottie Pippen. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself. Go play on the Wizards and see how good you are. Right? Come on now. I know he was still good, but he was who he was because of the supporting cast around him. Some of you are called to be assist-ers. Assist-ers, right? Assisters. Assist somebody. Right? Okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. I don't know how to preach without Quinn's help, man. He helped me all the time. Was that Quinn that said ers? Good job, Quinn. <laughs> Let me ask you this question in all seriousness. Have you bought into the dream, the dream that God has for this house? Listen to me this morning. We've got to have some men and women who are like Jonathan's armor bearer that says, come on, bro, do all that's in your heart for God. See, because here's what I'm concerned. I, I'm concerned that we don't recognize that this dream that God has called us to can't be accomplished by one person. It's not enough for me to have a dream. It's not enough for the leadership team to have a dream. It's not enough for Woody to have a dream. It's not enough for one individual over here to have a dream. We all got to buy into this dream together or it will never come to pass. See, this is what gets me. I'm concerned that some of you are benefiting from the dream, but you haven't invested in the dream. You're not even participating in the dream. You're just sitting around enjoying the benefits of the dream. And what I want you to understand that is this, it's time to get on board. How? Well, you can give, because some of you still ain't giving. 
You can serve because some of you still ain't serving. You got calluses on your backside because you wouldn't get up and help nobody to save your life. And I'm telling you right now, it's time to get up and get busy. As we do two campuses, we have got to increase our volunteer base. If we do not increase our volunteer base, there will be holes in the ministry. You can buy into the dream and make somebody's dream come true just by serving. You can do that by inviting. When's the last time you invited anybody to come to church with you? But we pray for our movers every week. Yeah, but you ought to invite them every week too. Okay, I get it. You're thinking, I hope. It's time to get on board. Give yourself to the dream. If this is the house that God has selected for you and you've prayed through about where you need to be, if this is the house that God has selected for you, then it's time to buy into the dream and go all in like we've been talking about and fully support, fully serve, fully invite, do everything you can do to make God's dream for this environment to take place. The third thing I'd say to you is that dreams keep you. Joseph's dream kept him in Potiphar's house. His dream kept him in, uh, excelling in, in the prison. And what I've determined is that some of you can't keep going because you don't have a dream. You need to understand that a dream will keep you. A dream, a God dream has this sustaining ability that when everything's going wrong and everything's falling apart, you can hang on to the dream and say, it may not look like I'm ever going to get there, but I believe in what God has called me to do, and I believe he's going to make it happen if I just remain faithful, and I refuse to give up. Even when I got no friends, even when I got no money, even when I got no support, and everybody else says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do it, there is a dream inside of me that refuses to die, and therefore I get up and I get busy. Some of you can't get out of the bed in the morning because all you're working for is a paycheck. But I came to tell you that God has a God dream in you that will get you up before anybody else is up and get you to work before anybody else goes to work because you want to fulfill the dream. Some of you just... The problem is, is your dream is too small. So you don't got nothing else to live for. Nothing else to live for. For instance, your dream was to get a man. Well, you got one. Now what? Some of you had a dream. I, I want a new car. And you get the new car. Now what? You get a new house. Now what? I got a new job. Now what? Listen, you've got to get a God-sized dream in you that is beyond just those things, something that will sustain you so that you are working towards that so that when you get discouraged, you can hang on. The only people that I find are always discouraged and always depressed and always derailed are those that don't have any dream. If they had a dream, we wouldn't have to, oh, please, get up today. Worship one more time. Come on, serve one. Oh, you're the, you're the best. You're okay. Come on, don't let it get. No, I don't have to do that with people that have a dream. They're knocking me down to get to their dream. It will sustain them. You've got to get your dream. You've got to get your dream. Here's another thing that, that a dream will do. A dream will keep you holy. Joseph had an opportunity. You do recognize it was an opportunity, right? He had the opportunity. Potiphar's wife came to him and tried to seduce him and entice him to take advantage of the fact that her husband was away. Joseph, in his mind, went like this. Y'all need to hear me this morning. Joseph, in his mind, evaluated the fact that if I do this, I will lose the dream. 
The cost is too high. The pain is too much. If I do this, I will forfeit my ability to be able to fulfill what God has called me to do. Some of you keep stumbling into sin because you have lost sight of your dream. If you would ever get your dream, you would assess the fact that I cannot afford to stumble. I can't go to the party. I can't go and do this with my girlfriend. I can't go do this with somebody else's woman. I can't I can't do that. I can't watch that on the on the internet. I because my dream is too strong, and if I fail to keep my eyes on the dream, I will fall. Your dream will keep you holy. See, I just want to tell you this morning that dreamers are motivated, and dreamers are doers, and dreamers are, are, are passionate, and a God dream will compel you and sustain you when nothing else will. If you would get a dream about your family, your family won't have to worry about whether you're working hard for them. If you'd get a dream about your marriage, you wouldn't have to wonder whether your marriage is going to make it or not. If you'd get a dream about your education, you wouldn't stay up all night and flunk your test. You, dreams will keep you. If you get a dream to be able to bless the kingdom of God with everything you own one of these days, I, I just believe there are people out there that I, I've heard of people out there that say, you know what, I want to give away more than I get. You know what they do? That dream sustains them and compels them to the point that they don't go run up a whole bunch of credit card debt. They live different. Your dream will keep you. The fourth thing I want to say quickly to you, just so I can say I warned you so that when you come and complain to me, I can say I told you so. And that is this. Dreams make you a target. You need to know that people hate dreamers. People despise dreamers. You know why, don't you? It reveals their lack of a dream. Dreamers make non-dreamers uncomfortable. Because they're always talking about, God has called me to do this. God told me we're going to see this, and I'm going to see this. And this, and they go, man, God ain't told me nothing. I'm just trying to make it. And so you just need to know that if you're going to dream, you're going to have a target on your back, and you're going to be the target of ridicule, and you're going to be the target of anger, and you're going to be the target target of attacks, and you're going to be a target of resistance. And you need to accept that fact and embrace that fact. Here's why. Because your dream has to be tested or it's simply an idea. Y'all didn't hear me? Your dream has to be tested or it is only an idea. It is the resistance in your life against your dream that allows your dream to become everything God wants it to become. You just need to get ready. If you're going to dream, you need to understand that dreams are usually accompanied by pain and, here's the good news, by great reward. Now, here's the deal. I'm trying to help you right here. You have to learn to hang on to the dream even in the dark days. That's just part of the process. Here's what I want to encourage you. Dream big enough that the pain is worth it. See, because here's what happens. If we're not careful, we dream so small that when we go through all the pain that we're going to go through and we get to the fruition of our dream, what happens is if we didn't dream big enough, we look back at all the pain and we resent the pain that we went through. But... If we dream big enough and we walk through all the dark nights and the painful moments and we get to the fruition of our dream, we look back and we see all the pain and we go, it was worth it. You've got to dream big enough because you are going to be the subject of attack. Let, let, let me just break, break it down to where we are today. 
no one will ever be as excited about your dream as you. Have you all figured that out? Oh, I can't wait to tell my best friend about my dream. You tell them and they just look at you like, you're stupid. Right? Have you all ever experienced I've experienced that. When we got ready to launch Passion Church, we went to close friends and said, you're never going to believe what we're getting ready to do. We're getting ready to plant a church in northwest Oklahoma City. I had to finish it myself quick. Oklahoma City, right? Er, Oklahoma City. And I expected all my friends to go, man, high five you, the man, you can do it, we believe you. And most of them looked at me and said, why? Really? Does Oklahoma City really need another church? Are you stupid? I had one guy look at me that I respect, looked at me and said, no, you don't even need to do that. You need to take your core team and move to another state and plant somewhere else. Thanks a lot for stomping all over my God dream. See, if I was to allow every, even some of your excitement about our church to dictate whether I remained excited about our church, I would have slept in this morning. Some pe- Listen, nobody is going to be as excited about your dream as you are, but that doesn't mean the dream's not worth it. You're going to be the target of attack. People are going to look at you and say, you are nuts. You are crazy. You have lost your mind. You're wasting your time. But if it's a God dream and you push past all the pain, it'll be worth it. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is this, is that dreams have got to be more powerful than our memories. We cannot allow our memories to become more powerful than our dreams. Joseph could have allowed the memories of a jealous brother, jealous brothers to keep him from holding on to dreams. He could have allowed the memory of forgetful cellmates to cause him to become bitter and vindictive and to resign himself to the fact, I'm going to live in prison the rest of my life. But he stayed attached to his dream. And some of you have some incredible memories of better days. I know some of you are struggling right now. And in your mind, it plays over like videotape. You have much better memories now of old days. You, you have memories of better days and more money and more possessions and more acclaim and more joy. And So the crux of the matter for you today is this. Will you live in the glow of your memories? Or will you get off your rear and do something to obtain your future? Because what most of us do is the older we get, we begin to think about the good old days. I just discovered the good old days weren't all that great. It's just that we glamorized them. I don't want to go back to the good old days. They didn't have air conditioner back then. No, thank you. I just wish we could go back to the good old days and have church like they used to. Really, you want to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, have Bible study on Thursday night, have choir rehearsal on Friday night, then have vacation Bible school 92 days a month, and then get up and sweat and no heat, no no padded chairs, sawdust on the floor. Women, you can't wear any pants. Guys, you, you uh, yeah, okay. Guys, you got to wear a tie and all buttoned up. Y'all want to go back? No, thank you. But I will take the glory they had. Right? I just don't want my memories to trap me and think, well, see, I had a great experience growing up in Jamie's dad's church. We had some of the most incredible moves of God. And if I'm not careful, I will stay living in my memory and say, well, it was like that then, and I hope it can be, you know, and I will never recognize that God may be calling us to something different and greater. And come on now, 
We cannot allow our memories to overpower our dreams. I want you to know as a body, we've got some great memories. Can I? Some of you haven't even been around long enough to remember some of this stuff. Can I just, I know we're only four years old, but can I just remind you some of the great memories we have? Like how about when we did informational meetings in the Wiley Post building on the airport? See, some of y'all didn't know nothing about that. We had these little meetings where we brought people together to say, help us dream about a church. Would you be willing? Had about 50 people. We did three preview services. It started out with 50 people on the first one, 70 on the second one, over 100 on the third one. Good memories. I can still remember what it was like to sit up and tear down every week in that building and walk in on Sunday morning, look up in the rafters, and there'd be a raccoon sitting up there. No no joke, there was a hole in the ceiling. There was a raccoon that would come in and ch- have church with us every Sunday morning. I can remember all those good days. I can remember what it was like to move across the street, moving day, where we told everybody, get your chair and carry it out with you, and we loaded and we walked into this place. I can remember what it was like walking in here, and this is five rooms with an eight-and-a-half-foot ceiling and a hallway down and blue church carpet everywhere that was nasty, and every wall was a different color. Good memories. Hard work, but good memories. I'm glad we're not there anymore, Woody. Uh, I, good me- I can remember what it was like to go and finally get into the outreach, uh, into the apartments, the first Easter egg hunt we ever had, the first, the first Halloween thing we ever did, the first dog days of summer, the first family we won through passion sports, the all the, the lives saved 123 souls in the last year and a half good memories i can see marriages that have been restored and children have been dedicated i we've sent people out to be part of part of a church plant i'm excited about the memories but i'm not satisfied with the memories what i would say to you is there are still souls to be saved and there's still uh, relationships to be restored and there's still addictions to be broken and there's still, still people to be set free and if we want to we could set go well, we've done all we're supposed to do. Oh, we're four years old. The bills are being paid. The lights are on. Man, it feels good in here. I think I'm just going to take a little nap and relax. Or we can say, you know what? That's probably not all God's got us to do. There's a campus over here at 3301 North Council that needs somebody to come in and bring some passion. And there's another part of the metro, I just think maybe over near Mustang, that may need some passion. And there could be some passion needed in Piedmont. And there might even need to be some passion overseas somewhere. And I'm just saying to you that God has not accomplished everything that he's intended to accomplish. And we have got to buy into the dream so we can get there. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. You're clapping good. The now what is this? To pull off the dream, somebody has got to get involved. Somebody has got to get busy. Somebody's got to give their gift. Somebody's got to get over being tired. Somebody's got to get over being sick. Somebody's got to get over being worn out and say, I'm in, and I'll give you everything I've got, and I believe that at the moment I do that, God will come back and give me all my dreams. I'm telling you, that's the only way that God operates with dreams. Listen, real quick, and then I'm done. The enemy tries to get us to think about our past, our present, and our future in three ways. He tries us to tries to get us to look at yesterday and say, remember when. We've done that around here a little bit. We'll continue to celebrate where God has brought us from, but we can't get stuck stuck in remember when thinking. He tries tries to get us to look at today and go, live for now. Just think about now. It's all about now. Be selfish. I got to do me now. Right now, I got to do what makes me happy. I got to make, I got to make choices for my now, right now. That's how the enemy tries to get us to think. He tries to get us to think about our tomorrows like this. Do it later. Don't prepare now. Don't 
don't work now, don't volunteer now, don't give now, don't do anything now, just hang on. That's how the enemy tries to get us to think. Let me tell you how God wants us to think about our past, our present, and our future. He wants us to look at yesterday and go, remember who? Who did all of this? Who pulled all this off? Who made all this possible? It wasn't us. In fact, if it happened, it happened in spite of us. Because we're not that smart. We're not that good. We're not that gifted. We're not that talented. If it happened, it happened because of who? He did it. He wants us to look at today and go live for later. I want you to understand that we are doing what we're doing. It would be easier just to do one campus, by the way. It would would make more sense. It's logical just to stay here and huddle up and do nothing else. But I believe that what God has called, this is not about us. This is about our children's children. This is about future generations that we are trying to rescue and grab onto and pull them into the kingdom so that they will know the Jesus that we know. That's what it's really about. We've got to think differently about today. This is not about us. And then we've got to think about tomorrow. Here's how we think about tomorrow. Do it now. We can't wait. We can't, to pre- we can't wait to prepare until, uh, and, and then say, we'll do it. No, we got to move forward now. Now. We're, we're working towards tomorrow now. How many people have I counseled since I've been here about get, prepare, 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 prepare. The day comes for them to have the opportunity to give their gift, and they're not ready. And we have to go, sorry, you're not ready. Because they didn't view tomorrow correctly. And I am encouraging you this morning, we got to get our eyes on the future and understand that if we are going to be what God has called us to be, we got to prepare as if tomorrow is today. That means we got to give at a different level. That means you got to serve at a different level. That means you got to pray at a different level. That means you got to dream at a different level. You can't wait till we get there and then go, oh, now I'll jump in too late. Get in now. God, help us to dream. Come on, pray with me. God, Help us to dream. God, give us a dream that won't insult you. God, I pray that you would give us a dream that is so big that unless you intervene, we will fall flat on our face. We know the truth. People are looking at us right now and say, what's going to amount to the dream? What's it going to amount to? God, I pray that you'd help us this morning to grab onto a dream that would keep us and sustain us and compel us. God, if there's one individual in in this room today that doesn't have a dream from you and they're just existing, just trying to make it, I pray today that you begin to speak again into their heart. Your word declares that in the last days we will dream. There wasn't any question about it. You will dream. I pray in Jesus' name. You would give every young man, every young lady, every adult, every young person in this house today a dream that they're willing to lay their life down for. Father, I pray that you would bring into this house. I think they're already here. I just pray you would begin to use us this way. I pray that we would become dream facilitators. We would find out other people's dreams and we would step in and make those dreams come to pass because we know that if we make somebody else's dream come to pass, you will step in and make our dream a reality. God, I pray you would do that in Jesus' name. I pray that any selfish element of our life 
where we only focus on ours would be broken in the name of Jesus and we would focus on what others are doing and we would assist them. God, I know we're a target. That's nothing new. We've been targets since day one. Individuals in this room have been targets because they've been associated with this dream. People have made fun of them. People have ridiculed them. People have doubted them. God, I pray that we would recognize today that the pain is worth it. We'll push through. And Holy Spirit, I pray, I'm, I just want you to know, God, I'm thankful for all that you've accomplished here. And I look back where we've come from, and I have to say, well, God did that. But God, God did it. We didn't do it. He did it. There's no way we could do what we've done. You did it. But God, I'm praying today that you would get us past just being happy with good memories allow our dreams to overpower us and overtake us so that we'll get up and accomplish what you've got for us to accomplish. In Bethany, on Northwest Expressway, and into the far reaches of this metro area and around the world, God, that's our prayer. Let our dream compel us and sustain us and move us into greatness, we pray. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me this morning? Here's my question to you today. Do you have a dream? Are you helping anybody else's dream come to pass? Is your dream sustaining you? Is it keeping you holy? Do you feel like you're being targeted? Are you living in yesterday and refuse to deal with today and tomorrow? you got to get a God dream. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, let me just tell you, any dream you come up with is just an idea. Because without Jesus in your life and in your heart and in your experience, anything you can accomplish on your own will never satisfy and it will never fulfill you. You need Jesus. That was God's greatest dream. God's greatest dream was that you would come to know Him through a relationship with His Son. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me tell you this morning, you are in the perfect place. God's been dreaming about this moment for all eternity. He can change your entire life and set you on path to achieve the greater things than you ever thought possible. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Just between you and God and me, if you're here this morning, you say, Steve, I don't, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I'm not asking him into my heart. And I want to know him today. I want to live out the dream of God for my life. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand and pull it right back down? Nobody's looking around. It's just me and you. And before God, I need to know him. One moment longer. Is there one? I'm going to take that that everybody in here knows Jesus. This is what I want you to do in closing today. I want you to reach out. And put your hand on your neighbor right now. We're going to pray for one another and ask God to make dreams come true. Father, this morning, we pray for our brothers and sisters. It's not enough for our own dream to come true. Help us to help them. God, we're a body. Whether we attend the Bethany campus or the Northwest campus, doesn't really matter. We're a body. We're family. We're grafted in. And so this morning, Father, we just pray that you would allow us to work together. 
when one campus is growing, both campuses are growing. And when one campus has people in it that are hurting, we all hurt. And we rally around one another and we make dreams come to pass. God, I pray in Jesus' name right now you would allow us to become dream facilitators for one another. I pray for the person I'm laying my hands on right now that you'd make every dream come to pass. I pray that the dreams that are deep within them that maybe nobody even knows about. They've been afraid to tell anybody. God, I pray in Jesus' name right now that dreams that you planted in them would come to pass. Get them what they need. Give them the provision they need. Give them the, the, the sustaining power that they need. Give them the guts to go for it, I pray, oh God. Let them live up to what you've called them to. In Jesus' name, I pray you would do it. God, don't let them get discouraged. Don't let them get frustrated. Sustain them, I pray, with the power of the dream that you've placed in them. Let it be a God dream, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. This is how we're going to dismiss this morning. Before you go, I want you to find somebody you don't know. There's plenty of people here you don't know, I promise. I want you to look at them in the eye and say, I'm a dreamer. How about you? I got a God dream. How about you? And then you're dismissed and free to go. God bless you. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week here on the Northwest Campus at 9 and 1130, 10:30 in Bethany. Don't miss it. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.